This is the black, gold, and green, where we talk about what happened to the black and gold after the green light. I'm Jake Reiser, and we're talking on March 11th, 2023, the Bruins in the first game of a back-to-back matinee against the Detroit Red Wings. Tomorrow, they'll play in Detroit. And if tomorrow's game is just like this one, we are in for a very fun weekend of hockey The first period, I don't know where the Bruins exactly were. This was a tale of, I want to say, three games each period played out like its own separate game. The Bruins didn't even show up in that first period. Got a power play really quickly to start, and you think, oh, the Bruins, yeah, the power play might be running a little dry, but it's great. They'll get some momentum. They'll start the game off right. Andrew Kopp scores a shorthanded goal, 136 in on a shot. I think Allmark would like to have back, gives Detroit that 1-0 lead. Alex Chason, the former Boston University Terrier, on a power play for Detroit, gives the Red Wings a 2-0 lead. We're not even five minutes into the game here, folks, and I think Bruins fans are sitting here stunned. Like, these are the Red Wings. Yeah, they're a decent team, but they just kind of sold off a lot of what they had. They gave us Tyler Bertuzzi, and you'd think that they might not be playing the most energizing hockey right now. They're still gunning for a playoff spot. They might have considered themselves sellers at the deadline, but they're not playing like it. They were up 2-0 after two, or after one, excuse me. The second period rolls around, and it's an entirely different story. These Boston Bruins came out and just absolutely peppered the Detroit Red Wings with 18 shots compared to two for the Red Wings in the second period. First period shot differential 15-11 in favor of Detroit. Second period, 18-2 in favor of Boston. Left and right, shots coming from everywhere, from the slot, from the corner, from the point. And you'd have to think, finally, at some point, the Bruins were going to have to get a goal in this one. I believe Ray Ferraro on the broadcast actually said, you know, the Bruins... Try not to get frustrated because with so many chances, you're expecting something to go into the net. And if you don't, you can't let that get you down. But luckily, at 12.43 of the second period, Hampus Lindholm, through a sea of traffic, puts one off the post past Marcus Helberg and in. Gives the Bruins a lot of life. Gave TD Garden a lot of life. They were really energized in the beginning of that second period when all these chances were coming for Boston. But I think they really needed that goal in order to solidify that momentum. Bruins catch a huge break right after that. Dylan Larkin puts the puck behind Linus Allmark. But he commits an interference penalty on the way. And so instead of it being a 3-1 Detroit lead... Boston goes on the power play, and Jake DeBrusque finds Patrice Bergeron with the doorstep deflection, ties the game at two. Hopefully that gives the power play a little bit more juice. It's been kind of dry the last month or so. You would hope that this would give them a little bit of hope that, hey, if we move bodies around, we move the puck around, because DeBrusque is normally your front guy. DeBrusque was actually back at the point, kind of at the left circle, so to be moving around, have him in different positions, have lots of guys in different positions. You hope that might wake up that power play a little bit more. In any case, it's 2-2 after 2. The third period, much more of an even bout. Back and forth, lots of chances. Bruins go on the penalty kill early, 23 seconds in, Hampus home with what he thought was a questionable interference call against Lucas Raymond. Uh, Bruins do a really good job of killing that off, though. Uh, just shots back and forth. Um, lots of 
I'd say tight play, chippy play, not like scrums and fights, but just guys putting bodies on each other. Dmitry Orlov, Connor Clifton really putting the bodies on everybody. And it was that fourth line who, frankly, in the first period, looked like the only line who decided to show up. They actually get rewarded on the scoreboard. Nosek brings the puck into the zone, drops to A.J. Greer, who's coming down the right wing, throws a shot that kind of handcuffs Marcus Helberg, and Garnet Hathaway finally gets his first as a brew, and he chips in a scrappy rebound there, and that would do it for scoring. Boston takes this game 3-2. to two. They can clinch a playoff spot tonight with either an Islanders loss in any fashion or an Ottawa Senators loss in regulation, I believe. We talked about this after the last game, that the playoffs are right within these Bruins' grasp. They did their job this time. Thursday, they I don't know what happened with them mentally, momentum-wise. It's almost like the mirror of what happened um, on Thursday. The Bruins were up two goals. Then they just lost it, couldn't find their momentum back against the Oilers. Today, they're down 2 nothing. They're the ones who reclaim that momentum. They hang on for a fantastic 3-2 victory. Remember, as I said in the beginning, this is the first of a back-to-back there's another matinee, but if Boston can play the same way they did against Detroit, and if Detroit brings it like they did in the first period today, we are in for not just an exciting matchup tomorrow, but I think an exciting matchup for the foreseeable future. One of the things I want to touch on with Detroit, they are really finding their core. Moritz Sider, Lucas Raymond, Dylan Larkin, their cornerstone center signing a long-term extension just before the trade deadline. Yes, I said they were sellers earlier on, but Steve Eiserman is a really smart general manager. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he wants to find, and he knows how to craft Stanley Cup champions. Look at these last few Tampa Bay Lightning teams. They're pretty much his babies, and if he's bringing his magic to Detroit, you can start to see the fruits of some of his labor. They are a team to look out for again going forward. They were a perennial dynasty throughout the 2000s. They've dropped off. They finally kind of hit that wall that inevitably every dynasty will. And it's a little scary to see them playing so well when they considered themselves sellers and they're still in the midst of... It's not like a foregone conclusion. They've got a ways to go. They're kind of on the bubble, probably won't make it. But still, the fact that they haven't been mathematically eliminated compared to the last two years where they just have been kind of pushover-y, they're teams to watch out for sure. That Detroit's a team you have to watch out, not just tomorrow, but for the next couple of years for sure. As far as Boston goes, it's great for them to get back on track after a loss like that against the Oilers. Continues their streak this year. They have not lost back-to-back regulation games. I will point out that three-game losing streak earlier in the season. It was three losses, but there was an overtime loss sandwiched in between those regulation losses. So technically, they have not lost back-to-back regulation games. And it goes to show... The mentality of this team, I, as a Liverpool fan, I don't know how many of our listeners here are Liverpool fans as well. A couple of years ago, Jurgen Klopp's team were called the mentality monsters that no matter what the situation was, they could find a way to overcome it. 
going down to nothing in the first five minutes of the game, sometimes that's just really hard to overcome. But the mentality of this team, the way they came out in that second period, it just goes to show how good the coaching is, how good the leadership is, the fact that they were able to just dominate the second period and tie that game up, not get frustrated when the goals weren't going in, just throwing pucks on net, getting great chances, waiting for their opportunities, being able to even that score up and maintain that hard-nosed hockey through it, saying, hey, yeah, we tied that game, but we have to go for the win here. Great for Garnet Hathaway. Another game-winning goal when the Bruins are down by two, except this time he's on the Bruins side of it. The last time that Bruins were down by two, they lost, and it was Garnet Hathaway with the game-winning goal when he was a Washington Capitol. So it's good to see Hathaway, A, get on the scoreboard, but B, be on the Bruins side of things when coming back from a 2-0 deficit to win this hockey game. Again, Bruins will be in Detroit tomorrow playing the Red Wings. Yet another game for the Black and Gold where maybe they will have clinched a playoff spot. We'll see how tonight's results play out. But you know what happens when that green light goes off now. We'll be here to talk about the Black and Gold. This has been the Black, Gold, and Green. I'm Jake Reiser. We'll see you after tomorrow's game.